The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Welcome to the 74th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with the proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumowitz. Joining me, as always, is Floyd Johnson Jr. And this week we have special guest from One Nation Radio. We have Rich. Oh, Floyd didn't tell me how to pronounce your last name. Is it Lata? Lata. Rich yeah. Lata. Yeah. Lada, okay. I just saw two T's and I had a panic attack for a slight second. But Rich, <laughs> welcome to the show, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. How about you? I'm doing all right, man. It's been it's been a wild week for sure, and we've had a lot of technical issues and just scheduling issues trying to get this episode out, which is why we ended up missing last week, and we pushed it forward to record immediately after today's episode of Dynamite, but we're here now. And Floyd, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. It got till Tuesday, and I was like, why would we do a show today when there's another Dynamite Thursday? It just felt like we were a little late on the news. So, yeah, so I was like, hey, I just called Audible. Let's go to Thursday, and that's what we did. And I know a lot of you were very upset that you didn't get to hear my thoughts on Cody losing the belt. Heartbroken. Yes. Heartbroken. Uh... Uh, I felt I felt like every I felt like that little kid crying when John Cena was getting thrown around by Brock Lesnar <laughs> at, at SummerSlam. I mean that went on longer than this Cody match, but it was just like I kept waiting on him to come back, and then he hit the lariat, and I was like, I don't think he's coming back, and it was over. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was. <laughs> I, I kept waiting see, on the comeback because every see, match starts the same way. But for me, I was all but hyped when I saw Brody Lee just, like, pretty much shock everybody with his massive win that he got over Cody. I was 100% for it because out of everything in the Dark Order, which I know is iffy for a lot of people, or they just straight up don't like it, I think Brody Lee is the the shining part of the Dark Order because he's just, he's just really freaking good. He's really good. Brody Lee is the one person that... It wasn't like it was like when he was in WWE. It wasn't like they just didn't get it and no one else saw it in him. Everybody that I knew was yelling at the screen that he's a star. He's the best big man you got. He's this. He's that. And they would just keep stopping short. They would just wouldn't just go all the way with him. And he went to AEW and. The only difference is, is they started him with a, a push, and then they just went all the way with it. And that's, I mean, literally, it's the only difference. It wasn't like 
it wasn't like it's like brain surgery or were they presenting him in this completely unique way. They're just letting the man. They did give him a personality, though. They they did give him a personality that they did. They gave him the uh, the character and just let him talk. But it was just like they didn't do a lot except just let him be. You know what I mean? Really good wrestler. Let him be that. You know, really good personality. Everybody's like telling WWE, hey, he can talk good. He doesn't have a southern accent, but he can talk. And it's just stayed in by it. And it's just like, I just, I love what they've done with him. I mean, it was a heartbreaking loss. But it to me, I, I told Rich, I told everyone, it was time. They gave, I don't, if you take the combined, uh, like, uh, title defenses between Chris Jericho and John Moxley, they gave that to Cody in two a little over two months. He had a one year reign basically in two months, like where literally people were sick of him being champion because it felt like he had beaten everybody. So the only way for him to lose was to get screwed and win it like right back, which I was not a fan of, or just com- get completely dominated. Me and Rich had it. We thought it was going to be Sky that could just beat him. But we were one week off. We were one week off. We thought it was going to be Sky that just beat him. But it was Brody Lee that just beat him. It's great having an actual heel champion. Because now you can take some of these young faces that you have and build them up to wrestle Brody Lee. So it's like I felt like it was a necessary evil. But it was not easy to watch like Cody just get like decimated <laughs> i mean he didn't get one offensive move in i mean he was griff garrison there was no mad difference between a Brody lee and cody match than a Brody lee and like griff garrison he just ran through him it was just like you just kept waiting you kept waiting for cody to do the drop kick to the knee or any of his other reversals that get him back in the match that he's used over the last eight weeks nah that didn't happen it was over and it was crazy. It was like, I don't I don't get shocked a lot, but AEW is way better at it than everyone else. Yeah, for sure. A now, beautiful piece of business. Oh, yeah, it was a great piece of business, and it got everybody talking. And obviously, we got a huge stuff to talk about on tonight's Dynamite, which was live this Thursday. And before we get into the show, I want to make sure that you are downloading this fine show on Google and Apple Podcasts. Shout out to our Spotify listeners as well. And be sure to leave a rating and a review if you're also so inclined to. You can also leave a donation through our podcast provider, Red Circle. And be sure to support us by following us on Twitter, at ATElitePod, at Social Suplex, at SZoomer4, at Floyd Johnson Jr. And Rich, can you tell everybody what your Twitter handle is? Make sure y'all can follow me at RichLatta32. Or at One Nation Radio. All right. Yeah, if you feel like, if you like Cody and hate Cody hate, you might not want to follow him. <laughs> he, he, is, he is Cody hater number one in this world. There's got to be one at least. So, All right. Now, big news of the week for, for AEW is the fact that tonight's Dynamite, which just aired, was the first show where fans were actually allowed to actually allowed to attend there was about 10 to 15 percent capacity at the Daily's place they were all kept in little pods we had uh tony khan coming out before the show went on the air telling the fans that in order for them to be on camera and on tv and also to still be able to attend the show 
They had to keep their masks on at all times. I believe I saw on social media, and I don't know the how true this uh, claim is, that two people were already re- were removed by security because they didn't keep their masks on at all times. And they also once one other thing I saw, which involved a conversation between Tony Khan and Ryan Staten, which was always great news, was about Tony Khan saying, hey, to appease TNT, we can't have you guys chanting holy shit. And then Ryan Staten was like, see, you call WWE North Korea because they tell fans what to cheer and what not to, but then AEW does this. And I'm like, you got to choose and pick your battles so much better than this, Ryan. You are just... I don't understand you. I just don't understand. I you. mean, I mean, he just likes to to shine, you know, WWE shoes with his mouth, you know, and I don't, you know, th- this is in his nature. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if does is his body different than everybody else, where his his saliva has been replaced with bleach, so it's way way easier at cleaning shoes that he has to do it constantly. Because <laughs> honestly, dude, like just just stop, just stop. Like, I understand taking shots at AEW, like, no company's perfect, and you could take shots that are well-deserved. This is not one of them. I I, can choose your battles, man. I love that he did this. I absolutely love it. I'm sure you were. Yeah, because Uncle Tony is watching all the time. When you think Uncle Tony, you don't tag him, and you try to get your little pot shots in at AEW, nah. No, he'll, he'll pull it right in your Pull it right in your mentions and let you know this is not even on the same level. What are you talking about? I didn't tell them what to chant. I didn't tell them when to chant. I just said, hey, don't chant this so we don't get fined. These are two different things. And it was just like, no reply. No comeback. He had nothing because there was no, nothing. It, it, it looks like it went on a, a little more after that. but Oh, okay. I had only checked like a yeah. few minutes. I only had checked out like a few minutes after and I saw no reply. He didn't reply, yeah, but he didn't have much of a better response. It, it's just like, it, it's like, I wish you could find people for false equivalency or whatever because these two <laughs> things are completely different. It's just like, dude. Like, dude, this is like like, say it to someone you know first, so they can tell you it's stupid, so you don't post it. That's all. Now, I, w- <laughs> I will say, honestly, and I, 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 will, I will touch on it just slightly, because I was actually able to attend the, uh, the Thunderdome for uh, SummerSlam. And I, I, will, I, I can say, yeah, like, a lot of people have confirmed that they did tell you, like, like wow, entrances were happening, or wow, finishes of matches took place. They had a producer going, like, what do we think about this person? And, like, it's television because on the SmackDown one, you could tell nobody was really doing anything. So they kind of needed to give the little push. And I, it's like, I don't think it's much of like a North Korea thing because fans weren't, weren't getting kicked off for like booing Roman Reigns like they did uh, on when he returned. And fans weren't getting kicked off for like cheering people that they're not supposed to cheer or booing people that they weren't supposed to cheer. It was just they were telling them, like, please respond. We need like reasons to cut to you. And then it would just it would give them more incentive to put you in a better spot in the Thunderdome. So I don't even think it was much of a North Korea thing. I understand the people that are going after WWE for it because, like, I get it. But, like, it's really not that big of a deal. But Ryan Satin was still a fucking idiot for what he said. I mean, I, I, I get it. I get it. It's just, like, WWE does get more scrutiny than anybody else. I, I, do, I mean, I, as an AEW diehard fan, I can acknowledge 
that they do get more scrutiny than everybody else. But this wasn't one of those times, you know. I no. think you could have came up with like 20 better examples than this one because it's like not AEW does get the stupidest ones though. Yes. Like, remember the trucks. Yes, yes, they really hated that. They really hated that Brandy, one of the faces of the company, one of the people that have been up front, in front at all, face was on a truck. Like, I don't even know whose faces are on the WWE trucks. Like, like maybe like, Becky, some other people. Like, one time I saw Kalisto on it. Is he a star? Did it make a difference? No. I'm just oh. like, I'm just like, you know. It's just whoever they're pushing. I know Sin Cara's on one. I absolutely know Sin Cara was on one for a very now long are we talking, time. Are we talking legitimate Sin Cara that was botching like crazy when he first showed up? Or are we talking about Sin Cara played by Hunico? It was somebody in a mask, dude. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. say no words of disrespect about uh, Sin Cara or Hunico. <laughs> because um, both of those uh, gentlemen, whoever they may be, uh, together or separate, I want no smoke. That man is undefeated backstage. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just like it was. It was like the weirdest. It was one of the weirdest problems they have. But like I said, a lot of people do pick on or whatever the WWE. But who you know at this point, it's like Ryan Santon. I wouldn't jump in the middle of this. Sometimes, sometimes people place themselves in the middle of this battle that they don't need to be. He didn't even need to. There, there was no reason for him to even post that. There really wasn't. <laughs> to me, it's like I'm not gonna tell that man what to do. He has, he has made taking wrestling, being a wrestling fan and a TMZ guy, and made a lot of money out of it. So I, I tip my hat to him. But that just seemed stupid, and he got Tony's attention, and that's not something you really want. No, I, I haven't seen him take too many L's on Twitter. I'm just saying, and not a ton, honestly, <laughs> not a ton, unless it involves the Jaguars, because it's just not a great football team. If yeah, we're being honest yeah. with ourselves, yes, correct. Now, anyways, moving on to the actual show for tonight, AEW Dynamite for August 27th, 2020. Now we opened up with the giant gauntlet match to determine the number one contenders for the AEW tag team titles and who will be facing Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page at All Out. Started off with Young Bucks versus Natural Nightmares, Dustin Rhodes, and QT Marshall. It was a little bit of a quicker bout to move forward through the gauntlet match and was probably the one that people like looked at the least, considering it just it quickly got out. Young Bucks were able to get the victory over the Natural Nightmares to move on. And then Best Friends moved into the match, and there was a big, big moment in this in this in this match specifically where the young bucks were going for the Meltzer driver and then hangman adam page who was on on ringside proceeded to grab well, i believe it was nick he grabbed nick's leg and then held him on the ropes and for best friends to roll up matt and get the victory and eliminate the best be, eliminate the young bucks from the matchup and from the gauntlet match pretty much he took ftr's advice didn't want be- didn't want Young Bucks in the match. Didn't want to face him for a second time, and screwed the Young Bucks out of their chance to get a title shot. Then FTR just came in and then wiped the floor with Best Friends to win the number one contendership. So, 
It was a really fun gauntlet match. Obviously, the most fun was with the second and third matches because they had the most story, at least, involved in it. And seeing FTR is always going to be great. And FTR and Best Friends did a really, really good job in my eyes. But we'll start off with Rich, man. What did you think of this gauntlet match overall? I liked it a lot, man. Uh, as you mentioned, there were like it was like three different levels of the match. Like your first one, you get some fast, crisp work with um, the Bucks and you know the surprising QT Marshall and uh, Dustin Rhodes also getting in there with Mac Jackson throwing those arm drags back and forth. But I really enjoyed uh, the Bucks and Best Friends because it was a it was a real back and forth like kind of match to where I kind of lost track of time. Like, yeah. how long is it when? And I was like, man, I, w- I was like really into it. And then when Hangman came out of nowhere, like my heart sank, like, oh, I can't believe this. And then, you know, um, Hangman, you know, screwed the, the Bucks. And from there it was like, oh man, it's real now. Like he really believed uh, FTR. Like this man's insecurities have finally burned him all the way up to the point where he's struck a move against the Bucks, who he's had he's had a whole feud and program with them, and it's still not going away. So it's gonna be very interesting, uh, you know, because uh, hey man, acting like a hoe right here. So um, <laughs> that, that that was my first thought. I sent a tweet out that said, uh, "Hey man, is indeed a hoe uh, for what he did to the Bucks." But um, you know, I. I and the rest of it, you know, is academic. FTR comes in, cleans uh, best friends up. But overall, I thought it was like, you know, a very good angle match slash match to um, establish FTR as the challengers move the bucks out the way and also heat up hangman and potentially like, you know, what what's going to happen when Kenny comes back. So uh, I had the exact opposite reaction. I said, hangman is the man. He made the right call. He told the Young Bucks that he was not an elite anymore. Like a man, he told them to his face he didn't like them anymore. He didn't want to be around them. So, he had no loyalty to the Young Bucks. He didn't want to fight them again. Shit, they almost beat him the last time. Screw it. You do what's best for business. You do what's best for the hangman. And he did it. He let them go. Hangman has outgrew the elite. And I love it. So uh, he made the right decision here. But uh, what did the hangman section section is overshadowing the brave, the brave uh, actions of FTR to run through three other teams to get a first <laughs> to, to get a title shot. To get a title shot that they should have rightfully just got. They were undefeated. They beat, I think, two of the three teams. So they didn't really need to be in the Scotland match. But they fought with brave and skill and made their way through three other teams. Knowing, you got to remember this, they are now 1-0 against the Bucks. Uh, FTR fought bravely and now are getting their rifle spot in the title match at All Out. Hang, uh, hangman, you know, he made the right decision for him. You know, and you know what? So, we, so we got Troll Floyd in here tonight. I see. No, no you do say, not got no, Troll Floyd. What I was going to say is that, Tony, <laughs> if uh, Tully Blanchard gets sick and you need a new mouthpiece for FTR, I got you a guy right here. Yes, I'm just saying this is me looking at the positive of this event. People looked at it the negative way that Hangman turned on the Bucks. No, Hangman established himself. 
as his own man by severing the ties that they were trying to hold on. It was like a relationship where the girl then broke up with the dude six months ago, and he's still calling him the, the uh, still calling her his girlfriend. And then he's like, "I'm breaking up with you." He's like, "She's like, I broke up with you six months ago. What are you talking about?" Now he just severed the tie. That's all he did. And FTR, I am just celebrating their brave and skillful victory as they <laughs> tapped out best friends. Hey, n- no cheating necessary. There was no Tully interference. Clear, defined, number one contender. And they're just going to go run through Hangman and Kenny. That's it. That's all. Man, yeah, I'm, I'm getting not... kind of concerned about, um, you know, at the pay-per-view of a Ric Flair sting situation with uh, Kenny and um, Hangman. I-, I wouldn't be shocked if Hangman pulled up, attacked uh, in the, uh, you know, in the, in earlier in the night for some reason, and then finally he gets to the ring, and then, you know, he tags in and double-crosses Kenny. I I wouldn't be shocked at all. It seems like there's just, I mean, because the relationship between Kenny and Hangman has already been held together by String, and with the continuing spiraling of of Hangman, because we see it later in the show where the Bucks do confront Hangman, of course, at the bar, of of course, nursing a shot, and then proceed to take that shot of, I'm assuming, whiskey and throw it straight into his face and say, you're out of the elite, we're done with you. And then once they leave and shut the door behind them, the mirror on the door breaks and Hangman's just staring at his reflection through the broken glass mirror. And then you can just see it's a man that's just completely broken every possible relationship with his former friends except for one and there's no question as to how long that one will last because we've already seen shades of possible turning between hangman and kenny so i'm telling you man i'm so excited for all out for this matchup again the young bucks going hill again wasted liquor will not be tolerated Uh, uh, come on dude wasting a perfectly (laughs) good drink it was a shot glass full bro I love how Nick Jackson was like, I called you a jobber once, but you know, that only that was only once I called you a jobber, but now you're acting like a jobber. Yeah, now you're really being one. Yeah, yeah, the jobber world champion, you know. Tell you, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the Bucks should just just take revenge, just start booking them to lose. You know, how about that? Like EVP, <laughs> remember? Just go just go the full don't I'm not even gonna say it. I wasn't gonna evoke his name, so we're not even gonna evoke his name. We're just going to go on to the next matchup. We have Lance Archer killing Sean Maluda very quickly. And then and Jake the Snake Roberts comes out and cuts a promo for Lance Archer because the Casino Battle Royal is back and will be taking place at All Out. And Lance Archer and, and, and Jake the Snake Roberts were out in the middle of the ring until Taz comes out with Team Taz with Ricky Starks and the Machine Brian Cage little scuffle be- begins to form between Team Taz and Jake the Snake and Lance Archer. But then Darby Allen comes out skating into the Daily's place, just bolts into the ring and destroys Ricky Starks. And then they're continuing back and forth between Lance Archer and Brian Cage as we tease towards the Casino Battle Royal. Overall, I felt like like this was a fine segment. I mean, we had, it was a squash match. Not much we could really talk about with that, but... 
I'm very excited for the fact that the Casino Battle Royal is back. We obviously didn't get it at Double or Nothing, so it's very good to see that at All Out, we will be getting the Casino Battle Royal winner, getting a shot at the AEW World title. Now, Rich, on this segment, your thoughts. Yeah, so Sean Maluda, a man who once took Kota Ibushi to the absolute limit in the Cruiserweight Classic, felt like I hadn't seen him since. Maybe he was involved, absolutely destroyed by Lance Archer, so I don't know what that tells you. Um, But yeah, love seeing the Casino Battle Royale come back because quietly the AEW roster has expanded and it's going to be, you know, they have uh, established on their pay-per-views, they're not going to have 13 or 14 matches on the card just to get, you know, someone a two minute match or anything like that. So, um, this is an opportunity to throw a lot of guys in there that might not have a lot going on, uh, else elsewhere, uh, on, and, you know, 20 guys, you got the, uh, five guys that are, you know, uh, with Eddie Kingston's group, you've got, uh, team Taz in there, you've got, uh, Archer. So like, these all these heels that were um, just like, you know, like we had those two babyface champions for a long time. And if you're not in a program with those two, we have like all these strong heels and even Darby, who's like a babyface uh, to go in there in that casino battle royal kind of gives them all something to do. Battle royals are really easy to do and really easy to make good. So um, I and, you know, there's a big prize at the end. So who knows if, you know, this is going to lead to like a TV title match. Maybe it's the next pay-per-view opponent that wins uh, for, you know, uh, you know, the winner of Moxley and MJF. But always love seeing the uh, casino battle royal. Yes, battle royals are like pizza. Even if it's bad pizza, it's still pizza. It's like still decent. You know what I mean? I love battle royals. So I'm looking forward to casino battle royal. Uh, I, I like who we've got in it so far. We'll discuss it more as the show goes, but I like who we've got in it uh, in it so far. And uh, shout out to Sean Maluda. He was in a faction with Eddie Kingston, the recently signed Eddie Kingston in Evolve called the Unwanted. He was the mm. Unwanted Savage. That was his name when he was in that group. And it looks like he, he has tightened it up a little bit. He was a little flabbier. The last time I saw him. So it seems like whatever he's been doing as far as working out has been working for him. But, you know, everybody dies. We all know that. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the battle roll going forward. I'm hoping someone that you're not expecting to win wins. Like, I don't know if he'll even be in it. But my first, my first thought was Scorpio Sky. My second, you know, but I'm just looking forward to it because, you know, there'll at least be one surprise. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it makes me wonder because, okay. like, with Moxley and MJF, it's like, well, what way do you go now? There's so many heels in this match. Can you, like, get away with, like, you know, like that's a, that's a lot of people to, you know, narrow it down to. Warlow so. sneaks in there and gets the win. <laughs> <laughs> Or actually, hey, let's go with our boy, Will Hobbs. Let's give him the spot. Yeah, why not? Yes, he's just a big old dude, dude. I just, I mean, it's it's going to be a big man slapping meat uh, battle royal. There's going to be a lot of huge people in. Or at least have him, have him go on a run to like the final three or four. I think that would do a lot in establishing him. But you think about last year, after the Battle Royal, everybody was like the, the size problem in AEW. There was a huge size problem. They do Boy. not have that problem this year. <laughs> like, at all. They got to walk all that back. 
Yes, they, pretty uh, much. Yeah. yeah, they had to wait but for ne- some contracts to end, but it's there. It's all good now. Yeah, but now we can talk about the probably my vote for at least segment of the night, the contract signing for the AEW Championship match between MJF and John Moxley. This one was just so much fun to watch. MJF continuously running his mouth taking the cheapest of cheapest jabs at John Moxley, mentioning Renee Young, and then John Moxley just completely flipping the entire segment over. And for once, you have a a contract signing segment that doesn't end in physicality. It's actually quite surprising. But overall, I mean, MJF ran the mic so well, and Moxley did a very, very good job just being himself and being just the badass that he is. And the fact that they've gotten MJF's jackass lawyer, in my opinion, they've gotten him over now just with the way he's been acting and the way that they've been, they showcased him last week and how now because they didn't read the contract, Moxley will be facing that lawyer next week. And if he doesn't show up, MJF loses the title match at all out and the fact that they've managed to make that so entertaining i was laughing so loud watching that segment and it was just such it was so good and i'm very very excited to see how the match at all out turns out as well rich your thoughts yeah man um like a couple minutes before this segment the news had broke that john moxley was the number one wrestler in the pwi 500 uh for the last year and I thought it was well earned, and um, he's you know big business in two companies, like draw being a, a force as a ratings draw, very popular, critically acclaimed work in two companies. Um, then he comes out here and he's walking through, and you just see the the Corona crowd, as I call them, going crazy for this guy and just loving him. And it was so great to I don't I don't know if we touched on it yet, but it was it really was so great to hear like reactions and fans like, yeah. you know, being hot at certain points. Like it just felt almost normal again. But um I thought this was a master masterpiece by MJF. MJF uh winked at the hardcore fans. He winked at, you know, the goofy parts of the storyline and then he winked at um, you know, Moxley, the the difference between him and Moxley, and you know, it, did it go on too long? Maybe I was kind of wrapped up in the promo, just you know, see, seeing like you know, it's not every day you hear Ernie Ladd and Onita get brought up in the same Seriously? promo, um, <laughs> and you know, the the Renee Young bar because we all know what that is. Um, this has been like just a slow simmering program that seems like it's gotten a little bit better every week. Just like most of the things that Mox does that he puts together gets a uh, gets a little bit better every week, and then at the end, it's like that was totally worth it. And I think that this match is going to be totally worth it. MJF like further proving that anytime you stick him in there with you know top people, he's going to be right there with them on the mic with a presence, you know, however you want to do it. Um, he, he eats shit as a heel. He sells everything. He's like, he's phenomenal. And Mosley, smartest guy in the room, not a dumb baby face, uh, figures it all out ahead of time without even trying, uh, with the lawyer deal. Word about that dude's lawyer. I think that lawyer is affiliated with like, uh, like Ryder and Hawkins or something like that. Uh, but he is a he's a pro wrestling personality. I don't know how much of a wrestler he is, but um, 
Yeah, I, I thought this was an excellent piece of work here. Yeah, it's going to be great next week when Moxley shows him a new move that he just started using, and it's going to scare the crap out of MJF. Uh so that's going to be great. I just thought the segment was a home run. M- MJF uh, in his uh, element, in his element, Mike in his hands. Uh, if if It's not really a thing like it used to be, but he can talk people into the building. He can make you hate him on that visceral, you know, like core level. Even though you're respecting what he's doing, you can't wait for him to get dropped on his head. So I, I appreciate that. And then Mox, I never got Mox. Yeah, I never got him in the WWE. I'll be really, really honest. I never got him in the WWE. Then he kind of said he's... His, like, favorite character of all time is, like, John McClane. And then you're watching him act, and he has that little twitch, and he's reacting, but he's not reacting all the way to everything he said until he said something about his wife. Oh, my God. That was, that was like, perfect. Yeah, that was perfect. That's the one time he got a rise on him. Even the comeback when he, when he I told, talked about his hairline and he said, you know, uh, you'll get there. You'll get there too, kid. You just got to go through puberty. Perfect comeback. It was just like, he is cool. There's not a, you know, a lot that's cool in wrestling. Mox is cool. Everything he does, every action he does is cool. So it's like if MJF beats him it's gonna break some people's hearts i am looking like i said it, it got me looking forward got me looking forward to next week match which is a nothing match with mjf's lawyer that you know and even when it he didn't play the all the way stupid face he had a card up his sleeve well he doesn't wear sleeves but he had a card up there and he took advantage of uh mjf's overconfidence and that was awesome yeah, the segment just really hit on everything. And like I said, the the way that this feud has grown more and more with MGF with his We Deserve Better promos that he was doing and the whole campaign he ran on, leading up to when Moxley actually did confront MJF and beat the shit out of him, combining over to co- the, then MJF just going and just playing victimhood and then injuring him, wearing the neck brace, telling Moxley he can't use the paradigm shift, I've just loved like the little small journey that this feud has taken us on. And it like just either outcome, honestly, for this uh, match at all out, I'm completely fine with because imagine just the amount of heel heat. I would want to wait, honestly, until you could get a lot of fans back into the building because the heat that he could get as the AEW world champion would be unreal. But at the same time, I'm completely good with Moxley winning this match too. So I'm just excited overall just to see how it turns out. I trust anyway, MJF as a wrestler and a talker. And like, I, I've said it a couple of times on different shows, but literally everything with MJF has, has been sped up. Like they, they rushed a turn with Cody. They um, had him beat Cody quick. They did the dissension stuff with Wardlow early on. Like they're telling you, Every step of the way, this guy, they, he's been ultimately protected the whole time. He's here now. He's arrived, and if it's his time, um, it's going to make sense, and we're going to look back on it one day like, yeah, that totally should have happened. This is how you build a star from the ground up. You know, from 
you know, that uh, first match at All In with uh, uh, Matt Cross till now. You know, they've literally brick by brick built MJF up to what he is now. Yeah, totally. Now, I want to get your thoughts on this because this match was announced last week and we weren't able to talk about it, but we did get a little video segment talking about this match and they had a small like video package including of them signing the contract. For All Out, we have the AEW Women's Championship on the line. Hikaru Shida defending it against the NWA Women's Champion, Thunder Rosa. Now... The moment I saw Thunder Rosa and I saw the NWA women's title appear last week, I was like, oh, shit. Now, now there's a real matchup, I think, for the women's uh, for the women's title, because this is this is something different. And seeing AEW work with NWA and NWA power made me very, very happy. So I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this matchup since it was announced last week. Thoughts on Thunder Rosa and Hikaru Shida? Yeah, um... Thunder Rosa and Hikaru Shida should be an excellent match. Uh, Thunder Rosa carries a long re- reputation. I've seen Thunder Rosa's work in person for many years. Uh, back when she was relatively like just getting started, and she's like grown leaps and bounds. Um, and putting her in there with Shida, it's going to be an excellent match. I love how the uh, vi- the uh, video package was done. Everything felt serious. Felt like the um, like this is like one of the more high profile women's matches that have already, you know, ever been established in the promotion. Um, I believe she looked great. She had the kimono on and um, uh, Thunder Rosa showed up with the dress and the paint on. I thought that was a good touch. Uh, and I, I wish it was title for title, but maybe there's, you know, like, I don't think they want to tie up both belts. Um, I think this is, you know, they may have to explain something, you know, why she gets to jump the line. I know Sheeta did that open challenge, uh, said whoever wants it. I, I guess you can say, you know, uh, it was a whoever wants it thing so she can show up and accept. There may be people that demand more uh, on the storytelling end, but for me, it, it got over really easy with this, you know, two minute video package. You knew where both these women came from. You got to see them in their element. You got to see their style uh, in the ring and out of the ring. And you got to feel like both of the belts were kind of important where, you know, Thunder Rosa touched the belt and she was like, hey, don't be doing none of that. Like, this is mine. So and, and you got to fight me essentially for this. So I was I was hyped, you know, when I saw it. I think the women's division needed an injection, uh, you know, of excitement. I thought the tag team tournament did a little bit for the women's division as far as building up the excitement and making matches that count and mattered. But you want to talk about uh, bringing in a champion from another company to wrestle your current champion. You want to talk about heating up a division, making a match that counts. Uh, Thunder Rosa was one of the, you know, one of the names on the independent scene when they were asking about women that they wanted to bring in. I saw a lot of people say Thunder Rosa. I think a few people picked Thunder Rosa to challenge Cody when they were doing the opening challenge. So it's just like she's a name that's out there that a lot of people know, especially in my area, the Texas, Oklahoma area. It seems like any big show she works. I'm actually going to see her at a show this weekend. So this is she's she's very busy and she's a, you know, consummate professional, very talented in ring. I 
I know I don't know if she's on Sheeta's level, but she's going to be able to match it to a point where it's going to actually be a quality good match that, you know, if for these for the people that are yelling about like women's wrestling and building a women's division, I mean, there there you go, you know, and it, if this opens up the door in the future for more crossover matches, you know, bringing in the NWA Tag Team Champions, bringing in Nick Aldis, uh, if that end up ends up being a thing, or, you know, AEW going over there to NWA, like people that aren't working a lot, uh, like Jungle Boy or somebody that isn't working singles matches a lot to get more get get more experience. I'm down for a talent exchange. I never thought it'd be with the NWA, but yeah, definitely do that. This match is going to be huge. I'm really looking forward to it. Honestly, I just think if you want to give it some teeth, if you want to give it some teeth and make people wonder, Thunder Rosa does have to go over though. Yeah, I was going to say mm. that's a that would just be the hugest moment i think out of because no one no one thinks she's gonna win immediately when they announced it i was like oh okay they brought in thunder rosa to eat a loss to sheeta come on thunder rosa pulls it off and takes the belt with her back to nwa you have the whole internet the wrestling community talking about that yep that's all that's literally all it takes also, Tony Khan, you know, if he wants to take it that way, be like, yeah, man, my, my women's champion lost the belt. Guess we can't put him on the show. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Either way, though, match is going to be great. Now, going into the next match that we had on Dynamite, it was the Lucha Bros and Butcher and the Blade teaming up in a six man, in, in a eight-man tag match, sorry, with Eddie Kingston on ringside. Facing Joey Janela, Sonny Kiss, Brian Pillman Jr., and Griff Garrison. Now, this was a very action-packed, very quick six-man tag match that was very quick and had some high spots. Honestly, my biggest spot in this match was the babyface comeback from jo- from uh, Sonny Kiss. I thought she did really, really good. And I, the other highlight for this match for me was Eddie Kingston coming out with an all lives matter, don't matter, all lives don't matter until Black Lives Matter shirt, which was freaking awesome. And Lucia Bros, Butcher and Blade end up getting the win over the baby faces. And it was kind of just a quick transition into the rest of the show and just to kind of cool people down after the, the, the contract signing for the AEW title match. So it was all right. I thought it had a couple cool spots, but there was uh, it was very quick, and it showed um, some good spots between Brian Pillman Jr. and people like Sonny Kiss and all them, and then got some good spots from Phoenix, and it was just it was really good. I think it was it did what it needed to do to be like a quick change of pace, and it was it was all right. But your thoughts on this match? First, who the fuck is Griff Garrison? Griff Garrison was brought in just to... No, like, I'm, that's I'm the, the, the gimmick from BTE, man. I know, man. I was just going into it. I was like, bro. Like, I, I was going to go in. I was like, Griff Garrison is... I don't know, actually. <laughs> he's he's called Jungle Boy. That's yeah. literally... It's like, I can't even say anything else. Yeah, you had Chris Jericho taking shots at, at Joey. You mentioned um, Sonny Kiss was doing, um, you know, a lot of you know great athletic moves, and um, 
I, I love the butcher and the blade. Um, putting putting them uh, down. They did a variation of their uh, you know tag maneuver that they normally do with the suplex on the knees, turn into a power bomb. That was pretty awesome. And I just love this five man unit of Kingston, the Lucha Bros, and Butcher and the Blade. It's I, I, look, it makes no sense. Like I don't see why they were ever hang out, but it just works. And I, I'm a mark for the butcher. Eddie Kingston does this thing with every company he goes into. He uh, he goes in, he finds some disenfranchised people, and they he gets them to work towards his ultimate goal. And you think you would get tired of that storyline, but he's so good on the mic, and he sells you on it. And it's like, yeah, if he came and got me, yeah, I'd, I'd beat up some people for Eddie Kingston if he asked me to, because he just has this way, his voice, and you know, it has that gravelly tone. He motivates you, like he'll shank you. He's like, you either join him or he'll shank you. That's kind of how that feel you get with him, and I love that about him. So I love that Eddie Kingston it, it came in and brought these four guys that weren't doing a lot, you know. And he's giving them a purpose, and then all five of them are in the Casino Battle Royal, and he's like, one of us is gonna win. You know the one he, you know the one he wants to win, you know him. But it's amazing because he's like everybody else. And like I said, with Penna and Ray, he's giving them a voice. The Butcher and Blade, he's giving them a direction. So I think he's perfect. This match was great. It, it did a great job of getting... We got to see Air Pillman from Brian Pillman Jr., the uh, slingshot uh, clothesline. I loved that. Uh, I think Sonny Kiss, super athlete. I, 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 don't, I wish they had a clear direction for Sonny Kiss, but... You know, awesome. Mm-hmm. And Joey Janela is an entertainer at his best. I'm not the hugest fan of him, but I do see what he brings to the company. So I think this match did everything for everybody in it, the way what they wanted to, and that's always good for a multi-man match. Yeah, hundred percent. And after this matchup, we had Brody Lee and the Dark Order just taking a victory lap for Brody Lee with his squash over Cody. With the TNT title. It's like, was I the only person who saw this? And like the Dark Order pretty much recreated that that coffin like funeral meme that was going yes. around with the guys dancing <laughs> with the yes. coffins. I was going to say, I was losing. I just had the song stuck in my head when I, when I saw it. I was like, oh, look, that's what they're doing. And really, really good. I loved how they dubbed Anna Jay as the Queen Slayer. I thought that was really good. Brody Lee cut a great promo. And then... John Silver was just like like one of those guys at a business party where he's just like, you're the best, boss. You're the best. And then just gets smacked across the face. Just Silver in BTE and in uh, Dynamite has shown to be very, very funny and very like he's comedically gifted and you can tell, too. But loads of personality. 100%. Yeah. And then eventually... Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall rush the ring to take down the Dark Order. Scorpio Sky then comes out to beat everybody up. And then Matt Cardona then hits the ring. And then the Dark Order is then retreating after they, of course, well, I also have to mention, too, they, the coffin had 10 in the ring, in the coffin, pretending to be Cody. And then they draped the co- the coffin with the Nightmare Family logo. So I'm sure Floyd Complete was with dying. Fake net, neck tattoo. Yes, and he had the tattoo, which was just, just bad. It was just so bad. It was, and it was just, it, it was so bad. 
But I'm sure Floyd was dying inside just watching this you know, victory. You lap. know what? I uh, told everybody I was going to try to be at this show. And I got up on Friday morning and I tried to get, you know, tried to get tickets. It didn't work out. At this moment, for this segment, I was very happy I was not at the show. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, I was okay. I was okay not being at the show. It did next not, time, I was, I completely, it, it honestly completely took my de- depression away from not being at the show because I did not want to see any of this. Uh, Anna J being Agent 99 because she's the great one. Oh my God, Canadian restaurants. I get it. It was great. Uh, you know, yeah. Uh, Colt Cabana, his emotions, if you, I don't know if you noticed this, he came out all happy jumping on the uh, lawnmower, but by the end, with Brody just attacking John Silver, kind of for yeah. no reason, his facial expressions like, "Well, I don't, I don't know if this is the place that I thought it would be. Maybe he's yeah, not he's as like, nice. Maybe he's not as nice as I think. Because if you look at the Cody match, he just beat Cody. He did nothing wrong against Cody. He was ultra aggressive, but he just beat him. But you know, just you know, knocking the shit out of John his Silver for no reason, and then you know, beating up." The nightmare, uh, natural nightmares, which I can honestly say, all he, all they did, the Dark Order did against them was defend themselves. Uh, stupid, <laughs> stupid faces coming out there, you know, coming out there to start a fight. You know, they were celebrating and they turned it into a fight. So that was all good. I love the Scorpio. Got, you know, Scorpio got on dynamite again, and he he cleaned house, and uh, then um, you know, then we got. Rich's favorite wrestler, Matt Cardona, came out and he cleaned the house because he's looking jacked. He's looking good. He's came out there and cleaned the house. And that was yeah, I just thought this was an overall good segment. I love what the Dark Order has become. It's like, you know, that slow burn storytelling. I don't know if they knew this is where it was going last uh last year when they uh introduced them, but it has ultimately ended up in a great place. Yeah, I I thought this was a strong segment overall. I loved the um the the casket stuff. They gave us a new meme to use uh, for when NXT is crushing the ratings. Um, they <laughs> gave me um you know new material to fuck with Floyd with, saying we brought the casket for Cody. Uh, a buddy of mine named uh, BJ had hopped in my mentions and said he had shopped already for the uh, toy casket or whatever you know, uh, but it was not available yet. So. We'll, we'll we'll keep working on that, but um, yeah, I don't I don't have a problem with Cardona getting in a uh, eight man tag. It's not like you know, even if it was a singles match, I would have uh, liked it because you know possibly uh, Brody would have beaten him faster than he beat Cody. You know, seeing as you know they homeboys and you know similar and all that, but um, yeah, like Brody just looked excellent here. I'm like, man, they had this guy locked up, not even fucking using him. Um, so their loss, our gain. Pretty much. That's all you gotta say. Lee versus Cardona, all out. Let's do it. Book it. Book it right now. Next up, we had a three-on-one handicap match between Big Swole and Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, Reba, and Penelope Ford. Pretty much a two-on-one handicap match because Britt Baker was in a wheelchair with a face mask, so I don't think she was really gonna do a ton. And, yeah, Swole... Pretty convincingly picked up the victory over Reba and Penelope Ford and D- Dr. Britt Baker, June, DMD. 
And yeah, honestly, it was it was quick. It was what we thought it was going to be. It was just Big Swole continuing to one up Dr. Britt Baker. And it's just going to lead to all out where these two are actually going to be able to face off. And that's what I'm looking forward to. This this was fine. Honestly, it did what it wanted to do. Uh, but it was it was pretty predictable with what it was doing. Big Swole's just entertaining as hell, and I love her to death. And I like anything she she does. Just her charisma that she has just really brings the quality of whatever segment she's in up by at least a couple folds. But this this is okay, honestly. It was just kind of just a quick little palate cleanser before we got to the main event, and just one last like sort of build before all out. Um, before unless they have like another segment next week, but. It was fine, honestly. There's not a ton to really talk about. Do you guys have anything you want to say on this matchup? It wasn't really much. I like that they didn't let um, Swole actually get to um, Britt yet. Like she, you know, kind of stumbled on a banana on you know the tailpipe uh, victory here. But uh, you mentioned it. Swole has tons of charisma and personality. This didn't need to be you know super long or anything, but really didn't you know. It, it was a, a point to get to where you want to go. I'm interested to see what stipulation, uh, you know, Big Swole is going to, uh, you know, do here. Yeah, this yeah. this is going. This was their. Uh, you know, some people didn't like this segment. If you watch on Twitter, they were talking about it not being the greatest segment ever. I thought it was did what it was supposed to do. I hate saying that because it's kind of lazy and almost a cop out. But it's it is it, that's what it did. It was a segment that did what it was supposed to do. It was supposed to add some intrigue to uh, Swole and Britt Baker. And because this match is going to be on all out, and it's not for a title, they you know you got to dress it up a little bit. You got to add a stipulation. I don't know what it's gonna be. Uh, I don't know. I definitely don't know what it's gonna be. I think it's gonna might have something to do with Swole wrestling with one leg or something like that. But I just want it. I just can't wait. I, I I love when they let Swole just be her, and that's great. And Britt's reactions to everything that was happening. Uh, this wasn't a catches catch can classic or anything like that. But I don't think it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be funny. There was supposed to be a little humor going on with the wrestling, <clears throat> and we got our five minutes of women's wrestling, right, Rich? Pretty much <laughs> every week, all, baby. Every, every week. week. <laughs> but. Then we got the main event, the tables match between Sammy Guevara, the Spanish God, and Matt Hardy. And I got to be honest, this felt kind of rushed in my eyes. Considering how this feud has been building for a few weeks and nearly a month, I would say. And this was the big payoff match, the tables match. These guys have been busting each other open and taking big shots at each other. And they kind of had little time to really do a lot i mean it was very action-packed these guys beat the shit out of each other but it was very quick sammy guevara got the victory with a superplex off the table off the top rope it threw a table with also a chair underneath it and then immediately after that we had orange cassidy coming out of nowhere jumping chris jericho at the announce table and then brawling as the show went off the air and like the match itself was fine, but it just felt really rushed. Like, they were just short for time. And it kind of, like, 
I was expecting a little bit more out of this matchup, considering that it was a tables match and considering that these guys have had a lot of just big spots of just busting each other open and beating the hell out of each other, that I was expecting it to to go longer, but they got cut for time. But it like just kind of just kept cut short for time. And it just kind of... I, I wanted more from it personally, but that's that's just me. Uh, your guys' thoughts? Yeah, um, I, I did get that same vibe. Like maybe this was a situation to where they realized they didn't have head-to-head competition. It seems like they did something different, like with the layout of the show. Like it didn't feel like the normal like caliber main event um, that would normally be in the spot. And with them getting the match in the ring at nine forty-eight, I was like, hmm. Something's something's a little off, but I actually think it kind of added to the urgency of the match. They they established Sam Guevara as a tough guy. I think you know you, his head got busted open, and it did not look like a blade job because I don't think you blade on the side of your head. Um, so, and I saw my all stitched up in in the back. So, uh, I, I actually enjoyed this. It was a Pretty big win for Sammy Guevara. He doesn't really get to win that often. Um, I, I thought this had a chance at getting to the pay-per-view, but it did not, unfortunately. And, you know, it, with this one being you know a, a no-competition uh, show, it's a good spot to put Sammy Guevara in and see you know, w- what he can do. And he's in there with Matt Hardy, who brings uh, a large segment of the audience, like you know his own fans, on. And... I think that uh, I think this is a good win for Sammy, and he can use it to build somewhere. Uh, and I think the match, uh, like it, it kind of helped. It, in my opinion, I think you know the the rush, quote unquote, it, it actually did something for the match because the table matches, you know, you're kind of just waiting for someone to go through the table. So, all right, I guess I did like that they uh, clarified how their table match was different. That. Um, you know, you had to use an offensive maneuver to put the person through the table. It can't just be someone falling through the table. I just thought right. that was uh, a very small tweak detail for AEW that uh, a lot of other companies don't wouldn't wouldn't accentuate. And I just thought that was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, the match was rushed. Uh, one of Clearly, one of the segments went over. I would imagine it was the Dark Order segment, if I had to guess one, because that went long, and MJF kind of went long also. So either one of those two segments could come in. And this is where MVP Cody would have come in, because generally at every episode of Dynamite, he's in the back sitting next to Tony, helping him time the show out. He's in Atlanta, being a super, super duper star. So therefore... He wasn't there to keep things tight. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I can see that thought. I honestly was just surprised at how little time there was for the main event. And I think it's just because like most of AEW's main events on Dynamite have a good amount of time behind them. So it was a bit of a weird juxtaposition to this week's compared to their previous Dynamites. I didn't think it was bad, but... Me personally, just felt kind of rushed, and yeah, yeah, I, I, just, I really, I really like Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara, and I would have enjoyed to see the match get a little more time. All they needed was five more minutes. You get me, Rich? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Man, yeah, you know, we we just had to cut something and get and give them that room, room, but you know, I'm just saying, five more minutes is all they needed. 
Oh, speak something else we missed. Um, Brody Lee said there is no more open challenge, and thank the Lord. Yes. Uh, stop the charity. Let, let's let's get you know the acts that we have uh, on the show. Uh, some of that time, uh, it's cool. You know, we got we got Ricky starts and Eddie Kingston out of it, but we also had to deal with Warhorse. So I was gonna uh, say I never have to hear the name Warhorse again. Oh my god! I'm just like man. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't get bitter very much, but that Woo! that fan base is annoying. <laughs> Woo boy, okay. Hey, stop the charity, Brody Lee. It, it worked. I I will say yes. I I do think that for the for the for the TNT title, we need builds to these matchups. So I agree. I I'm glad the open challenge happened, but I'm glad that we're moving on from it. So I am I'm very much for Brody Lee canceling the open challenge, but. Overall, that is dynamite for today and this week. And I felt like just overall, it was it felt a lot more like a return to normal with just the small amount of fans that they did have there. The the crowd reactions were legitimate. I felt like it just it it was very nice to hear the crowd there and the matches that we did get. We had some great segments. We had some great storyline developments and Really good matches as well. A couple small parts I think could have been done without or just needed a couple more minutes. But, yeah, I thought this was a really, really great episode of Dynamite. Um, Your guys' thoughts on the show overall? Uh, I thought overall, yeah, like you said, uh, a return kind of to a normal feeling show. Um, Always good to see the fans back, you know, and they – we're wearing masks, and if I can go to All Out, I would love to go to All Out and under those same uh, conditions. Uh, I'd love to see Floyd there if he's able to get there. And um, this it's just like, you know, it, it was a really enjoyable show start to finish. Like, you got a lot of good storyline progression um, with, from everything from Heyman and the Bucks to uh, small things like uh, Ty and Arconti seemingly joining the Dark Order with yeah, Anna Yeah, we Jay. didn't forget to mention that, yeah. Yep. So, um, and and that's like what a third women's storyline, Floyd. I, I I didn't know uh, that happened here. <laughs> what? Okay, I'll just, what? I'll just keep moving. Um, you know, you get you get a young guy getting a big win, and Sammy Guevara. You get, uh, you know, you, you get all the monsters. You know, in, in the middle of the show. Uh, it's just a you know just a, just a real solid episode overall, and I think uh, the fans uh, that showed up in the building definitely got their money's worth. Yeah, I, I really I really enjoyed the episode, even though it felt like it lacked, you know, star power. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> when you don't have Kenny on. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay, and I'm talking about the guy that's wrestled in a singles match for like the last ten weeks. You know, that's you know that it, that left a hole in the show a little bit. You know, it was still an amazing show, but you know, you know that single, the star maker. You know, the contract. The thing that got contracts made, you know, Ricky Starks and Eddie Kingston. How did they? How oh, they, did, brought the, they brought the casket out for him. He, he was there in spirit. <laughs> Ricky Starks, Eddie Kingston. How did they get their jobs? How did they? How did Ricky? How did Ricky and uh, Eddie get their jobs? I don't know. I don't know. Some guy put them and helped put them work. over. Yeah, some guy put them over, made them look good. Made them look good. <laughs> Made them look good. Amazing, damn it. And they got them contracts I don't in. Recall, I, don't, I don't recall all this. Uh, hey, you know, I don't recall anything, man. I, I get it. But no, it was a very, very good show. My tag team 
my boys, the FTR, uh, looking as good as possible, you know, fighting their way through three uh, three ranked tag teams uh, to get to All Out was just a good show. Tully Blanchard out there. It was great. And finally, hey, finally. May, may, maybe FTR can have a great match for the first time in like four years now. Oh, uh, man. Get him in there with Kenny, you know. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Well, maybe, you know, Kenny and Hangman will actually learn how to wrestle in a tag team match now that the FTR is there. Uh, so, you know, in the parameters of actual tag team wrestling, you know, that's great. So I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a you know, great show going forward over the next week or so. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be good. I'm looking forward to All Out. Uh, I, they haven't announced tickets, which is weird. I feel like they yeah. they should have announced tickets to this by now, but they haven't. Maybe they'll just do like their friends and dignitaries for All Out or whatever. Uh, but I'm, I'm trying I'm, to get a ticket. I'm trying to get a ticket. Tony, hook me up. I know you listening now. See, I used to not think you was listening, but now that you be catching people that don't even be tagging your shit. I know you know I exist. Give me a ticket. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> while you're at it, while you're at it, hire me as an announcer, please. Hey, just hey, just give me a pot of four, you know, and I'll just bring my three people with me, you know. Yeah, and Nightmare Family shirts all around, you know, Rich, right? I got you. I got you, buddy. No, no. <laughs> they got a crab bag sale going on right now. I'm sure one of them's in there. No, no. So last time I had like one of the one of the question mark shirts um, from Pro Wrestling Tees. You know, when you order, a, we've all ordered Pro Wrestling Tees shirts. They'd be like, yeah, seven ninety nine, you get a grab bag tee. So they sent me the Leva Bates tee. So I wouldn't have ordered a Leva Bates tee naturally, but I've grown to actually kind of like it. Yes, the, nice. the blue pants tee. That's not. The, but no, uh, I like I said, I'm looking forward to it. I'll be wearing my FTR shirt, uh, so everyone, so everybody will know who I'm representing. Because again, you know, even all out just feels less magnificent this year than it did last year. It's gonna be great. But yeah, no, no, I, I love the lineup. I love the lineup. I yeah, six yeah. matches already announced. Yeah, so I love the lineup. So I'm we got the, the you know the battle royal, which is a big match. We got the world title match. Uh, Mox is not allowed to use his uh, uh his paradigm, paradigm shift. shift. Uh, so double arm DDT. So they specifically said the double arm DDT. So if he does a single arm elevated DDT, is that okay? Totally fine. It's totally different move. So I just I just thought that was hilarious. I was just like, you think they you know, just banned it? Choke. He's also got like another thing. I think he finishes people with too. Yeah, and put uh put cage and that sick arm bar you know it's like right so mike's can finish you off different ways look forward to it brit and swole probably if you if you look at AEW, it's the biggest women's uh feud that they've had the longest expand longest going it's biggest been going on a lot a long time uh, yeah biggest women feud that they've had so i i will hope that you know if the match matches the feud Oh, that's great. The title versus title. I know both titles aren't on the line, but champion versus champion. Uh, uh, NWA versus uh, NWA. And then I think they... Was the 4-on-4 four four with the Dark Order next week? Or is that... No, it's on the pay-per-view. Well, it's on the pay-per-view. That's what I thought. I thought the it had not a, defend the belt on the pay-per-view. Yeah, I thought it had an all-out graphic, which to me makes perfect sense. The TNT title... Should be defended on TNT. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just, I mean, if that, uh, that... I mean, if it's considered to be your TV ten, title, ten, then yeah. Yeah, it should be on TV. That's a strong gimmick for it. Uh, but yeah, Scorpio made a uh, pay-per-view, so I'm uh, down for that. I'm just, I mean, I think the show's going to be amazing. I would love to be in attendance, but if I'm not, I plan on fully being involved in a Zoom call or something where everybody can see the tear rolling down my cheek as Hangman once again makes the right decision. And FTR <laughs> becomes your new AEW World Tag Team Champions. Thank you. All right. Well, <laughs> well I'm sure the match will be great. Yeah, it'll yeah. be an amazing match. Amazing match. Now we're going to real quickly go into the preview for next week's Dynamite, which will be on Wednesday again. It'll be on September 2nd. And before we do that, I want to let you know that support for All Things Elite is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. And if you use the code SUPLEX, you can get 20% off and free shipping. So Floyd, I'm sure, can tell you even more about Manscaped. So for several weeks, we've been putting over putting over Manscaped. They are, they're great to us, great sponsors uh, to the social shows on Social Suplex. I've been telling you about uh, the Lawnmower 3.0 and how great it is. Well, now we at Social Suplex are going to put our money where our mouth is. We think our product, we think the product for Manscaped is so good. If you go to Manscaped.com and use our code SUPLEX to get 20% off and free shipping, you email... Uh, uh, you email that to, is it, uh, what is it? Is it social? What is the email address, Rich? Is it, is it Jeremy or is it the social, the suplex generic email? I'm sorry. I am pulling up the information. I believe it is social suplex at gmail.com. Yes. Uh, email social suplex at gmail.com with your proof of purchase. We are giving the first five people that email that proof of purchase all out for free all those big matches we just talked about yeah for free so all you have to do is go to manscape do this you get all the stuff that they send out in a package if you get the package and then you get all out for free but the thing is you got to hurry up this time sensitive it's only the first five people we're doing this for we really appreciate you listening to all our shows but yes, do that. Go to Manscaped. Do that. Send it. Send it in to socialsuplex at gmail.com, and we'll get you hooked up with the show. All right. Thanks again to Manscaped for sponsoring this podcast. Now into the preview for next week's Dynamite. The three matches that they announced on Dynamite this week that will be taking next taking place next week was Chris Jericho taking on Joey Janela. We also have Young Bucks and Jurassic Express teaming to face SCU in Private Party. And whichever group of teams wins next week, they will be facing off for a chance to be the number one contenders for the AEW Tag Team titles at All Out. Then we have Best Friends taking on Proud and Powerful Santana and Ortiz. And those were the three matches that were announced on the show. We're recording this immediately after the show aired. So more matches, I'm sure, will be announced as the days go on. But with these three matches that we have going into the preview, uh, thoughts on them? I know Floyd isn't the biggest Joey Janela fan, so I'm sure he's hoping Jericho just 
demolishes Joey. Spinning elbow to the face. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. You just need one. But overall, thoughts on the preview that we have for next week on Dynamite? Very interested to see Joe Janelle and Chris Jericho uh, coming from two different worlds. Um, seemingly Jericho everywhere from, you know, uh, the last 30 years against, you know, one of the bigger indie stars of the last like five years. Uh, always good seeing when AW was founded. That was like one thing that attracted me to the promotion was seeing these guys that have been these different areas you know interacting and crossing over like you never think uh you're gonna see joe janelle and chris jericho but here it is and it makes like just seeing their personalities and you know the stuff they're into very interesting match um looks like we might be heading towards like a bucks jurassic express match might be very interested in that um and i you know next week i don't i don't think they they're blowing away anything uh but uh, enough of it sounds interesting enough. Yeah, I mean, that's what you're going to get on a go-home show. Uh, a, you know, I think Chris Jericho gets a lot of credit. People love him. But how much he does to get new people over, I think he's going to do everything he can to make Joey Janela as over as possible before that match. I don't know how long they're going to get. But he's going to he's going to make Joey Janela look like a million bucks before he takes that elbow. If he even takes the elbow. But I think he's going to take the elbow. Um, you know, pr- uh, proud and powerful best best friends. The battle for uh, Sue's van. I'm looking forward to <laughs> that. I'm hoping we get an appearance in first row by Sue. Uh, that I think we need Sue that. Sue got to slap him, right? Uh, yeah, she definitely has to. Sl- yeah, she has. Oh, she has to slap Ortiz. It has to be Ortiz because his reactions to things are like the best thing ever. Oh yeah. He he, he just he's going to take that slap like it was a clothesline from Stan Hansen. He's going to flip <laughs> three times and and it's just going to be like amazing. But Sue has to be in the first row there. I am looking forward to uh looking forward to that battle and continuing. Uh yeah, I just think next week is going to be a really good show. Back to Wednesday nights for all you people that are not aware. It will be back on Wednesday next week. Not going up against anybody because NXT is on Tuesday. So I am really looking forward to the show next week. Yeah, and me personally as well. The matchup between Jericho and Joey Janela is very, very different that I didn't really expect to see. So it's going to be interesting for me. Um, I'm very much pulling for Young Bucks Jurassic Express to win against SCU Private Party because that that matchup just sounds like like money to me it just sounds like it'll be incredibly entertaining and yes i need an appearance for from sue at the best friends proud and powerful matchup because if not i'm just gonna feel robbed so just just do it just make it happen it'll be worth it and it'll be so incredible to watch seems like the perfect place to start getting the young bucks on track too as they go through the division and you know finally get to the top and who may be waiting for them FTR with the tag belts. Yeah, I mean, maybe there they can go. maybe they can get their win back against FTR. You know, so one and know. <laughs> one and know. Uh, just throwing that out there. Just throwing it out there, man. Anyway, <laughs> that'll wrap it up for this week's episode of All Things Elite. We want to thank you guys so much for listening and joining us. We also want to thank One Nation Radio's own Rich Latta. Jesus Christ, I'm fucking stammering all over myself. Rich Latta. For joining us on this show. We really appreciate having you on. You're welcome back anytime. 
Oh, glad to be on. This is like uh, one of my favorite shows to listen to and always, um, you know, happy to come mess with Floyd a little bit. Yeah, I, I told him, I was like, nope. I was going to ask him last week, but after the <laughs> events of Saturday night, I was like, nah, nah, I can't, I can't, not, I, I, not on I my own show. Taking over the show <laughs> and for the first 20 minutes, clowning. Um, yeah. And I, I, I gave Floyd uh, the work in the text messages. Yes, I was going to say, no, not on my own show. I, I pressed mute on the uh, notifications and went and laid down. I didn't go to sleep. I couldn't sleep, but I, I, I laid down. He just <laughs> blocked you out of the Skype call sooner or later. Yeah, I was like, I love y'all. I No, no, like in our chat, I am Cody fan. Everybody else does not like him. So, uh, <laughs> so it was, it was You're not. You're just fighting an uphill battle. It, it, it was not pretty. It was not pretty. Uh uh yeah 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 it was uh it's it's a night 2020 officially went bad in my book that day (laughs) i guess so man but we want to thank you guys so much for listening be sure to support us by leaving a rating and a review if you're listening to us on google or apple podcast and be sure to share and download it be sure to follow us on social media at at elite pod at social suplex at s zoomer four as myself at floyd johnson jr and rich again what is your twitter account at Rich Latta 32, R-I-C-H-L-A-T-T-A-3-2. Then there's nothing left for us to do but to have our boy Floyd take us home tonight. All right. Uh, Got to end on the somber note. Just came past Twitter that the patriarch of the wrestling Armstrong family, Bully Bob Armstrong, yeah. passed away. R-I-P to Bully Bob. Oh, man. Yeah, I remember uh, him with his fireman's carry. Was it like big in the 80s? That was like a finish. A fireman's carry. How far have we come along? Brad Armstrong with his Russian leg sweep. His son was one of my favorite wrestlers when I was young. And then, of course, Road Dog was in the Attitude Era. And he was amazing. And then Scott Armstrong. I loved his, Brad Armstrong. Yeah, I loved Brad His Russian leg sweep. I, I was like, the only person that was close was Brett's to me. It was just amazing. I loved his Russian leg sweep. Uh, and then Scott Armstrong is a referee with the WWE. So the Armstrong family has been throughout wrestling forever so yeah r.i.p to mr bullet bob armstrong uh that's really what i can leave you with it's uh i love i can't wait for the number tomorrow for aw no basketball for you know the reasons uh no basketball because hashtag black lives matter uh no um uh, you know, no other wrestling show against it. So I, I wonder if we're going to get a spike. But uh, just uh, just look out uh, for everything and look out for the numbers. We'll post them on the page. Uh, all out giveaway. I always do. So uh, at some point this weekend, I'll be posting it. Like, retweet, share. You're entered. You know, the, you know how it goes. You got to be following us. You'll win it on whatever. But do the manscape thing, and there is no contest. You just win. You do the Manscaped thing, you just win. You know, you know. there's no pick. You just win. So do the Manscaped thing. All right. Well, whether it's home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite.